0: Father God, just bless Brother Peter right now as he shares a message. Lord, anoint him with your your spirit. Mm -hmm. Just bless him abundantly for his courage to come out
1: tonight and share Mm -hmm. a message. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. So I guess we are already into the the new day. So I'm very glad that we can be here together. And I must say that I was very blessed already by being with the people that are here and particularly this last prayer and the last things that were talked about, about unity. Unity. That has been my theme for quite a while, and I've been trying to write about it and to uh, talk about it and the very thing about one church, one baptism, one truth, one way to go in order to live with Christ in new heavens and a new earth where righteousness will dwell. So hopefully tonight, even though we might think it's a big crowd, well actually it's a small crowd, we are only a few people here tonight. But at least if we are together and we are in unity and we are connected with our Lord Jesus Christ. And He is the one working through us. The sky is the limit. There's, there's no end to what can happen out of these kind of things. So I'm just very, very grateful to be with you. Now, if there's anything that's not going to work, it's going to be with me. But anyway, so here we go. So uh, um, the... the these kind of things. So if 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 all of a sudden it shuts out or whatever, you let me know. But in the meantime, uh, I would like to have a scripture read here. And he's going to be doing my readings because uh, I don't read that well anymore. Uh, but uh, the, uh, maybe the first thing I'll have to admit is that I am uh, to be talking about um, um, the, the midnight call or whatever it is. So maybe we can see if we can sing a song. And uh, uh, Curtis. By the way, you all know Curtis. Uh, Curtis Martin lives here close to where we now live in Waynesboro, um, Pennsylvania. And I would like, if we could stand, can we stand and just sing one little song? And this is the beginning of the the midnight. You you know that song, don't you? Okay. (laughs) The time is gliding like the shuttle of the weaver. How many of you know it? Can you put up your hands? Okay, let's sing that. Time is gliding like the shuttles, the, the waver, and the day swiftly passing by. If tonight should be the come of the bridegroom, are you ready for the midnight cry? Oh, behold, the bridegroom cometh. What if now the sound in the, the sky would make him enjoy your sorrow? Are you ready for the midnight cry? Now you will sit down. Are you ready for the midnight cry? And uh, you know where this comes from. It comes from all those uh, virgins that were out there, and they were supposed to get ready for the bridegroom. Well, half of them never got ready. And uh, in the end of it, they had a, a sad experience at the end. So anyway, uh, that's a bit the, the context of what we are going to be talking about here tonight at midnight. And if you ever get tired or bored or whatever, we will see if we can sort of wake you up. But I'm not sure exactly how, because I don't see very well, which is my biggest problem at this moment in time. But here, anyway, the kingdom of God is something that I want to talk about, and particularly about a part of the kingdom of God. If somebody asked you, what is the kingdom of God, how would you describe it? Uh, Do do you know uh, when uh, there were people that showed up with Jesus and uh, Jesus talked to them about the secret of the kingdom of God? Sometimes he talked about the secret of the kingdom of the heavens. Now you think I said that wrong. I didn't. It was the, the, the kingdom of the heavens. But whatever the case, it's the kingdom of God, the secret of the kingdom of God. So I want you to read that first scripture. You read that first scripture right there. You can do it right here because it's coming right there. Read out loud.
0: The twelve and others around him asked him about the parables. He told them, the secret of the kingdom of God has been given to you, but to those on the outside, everything is seen in parables.
1: All right, the, the secret of the kingdom of God, by the time we're done with this in an hour, that I hope that we have a very clear understanding of what the kingdom of God actually is. There are two parts of the kingdom of God, and there's a bit of a mystery about it. And many of us have not either uh, thought about it or maybe even discovered it. And so that's what I, a little bit what I want to talk about behind this midnight thing that we're talking about now. I would like to read a little bit more some scriptures, but before that, we are having uh, some uh, heroes of faith to talk about. I would like to talk about two young men. Can you hear me? Does this thing work? Yeah. Okay. All right. So anyway, whatever the case, uh, the uh, the two young men that I knew ab- about, I mean, they were before my time, but this was in the uh, early 1700s in Germany. One of the, the young men was called Leonhard Doba and he was a, a potter. They made clay pots in the southern part of Germany, which is close to a place called Heilbronn, or Heilbronn or Heidelberg, that area. And so in that, many of our, of our people here actually have ancestors at one point in time lived in that area. It's uh, the southern part of Germany. Well anyway, he was there, but he found his way through Germany, and uh, he was converted, and he found his way into the Moravian community up in uh, uh, Lausitz, which is up in the far north eastern part of Germany, which is right next to Poland at this moment in time. And so anyway, Anyway, he went up there, started working in that uh, Christian uh, community at Hanhut, and uh, things went very well for him. But during that time, they had a big revival. And during that time, they got really interested in praying, praying during the night. And they went out there on top of a hill that they call the Hanhut, Uh the Hootback is right beside Hoot itself. The town of village, the, the village of Hoot, and then up in there they had the Hootback which is like the hill of the watch, is what you can call it at this moment in time. I hope that many of you young men will eventually find their way to that place. It is Deal, a very fascinating place. There are still many young people from all around the world, many of them African, who are whatever, and they're coming together and you still get there early in the morning. Just not that long ago, I was up there and uh, here, um, I was out there and I uh, saw some boys out there praying out there amongst the trees and there's also a graveyard back and there's lots of people buried up there. Well, whatever the case, they were out there and I started talking to them eventually and, uh, and here they, they looked a little bit stumped by it and, they, and didn't exactly know what to say and all of a sudden I realized that they were not even speaking German. It's in Germany. And then all of a sudden they, just, they uh, they talked to me in English, and he said, oh, they come from America. Oh, well, I, I can speak English, too. And so I started talking with them in English, and here uh, we had some a uh, beautiful time there praying together. And up on top of that hill, they have a little round thing that you can crawl up into it, and then you can walk around, and then you see all the country far and wide from top of the mountain, and there you can be praying in every direction in the whole wide world. And uh, that is what I often do in my mind still. I'm on top of this hutberg, and I'm looking out over the whole wide world, looking at all these different things. But this Leonhard Tuba was, was a man that came up there and, and they started praying out there in the middle of the night. Exactly what you're doing now. Now, you're not on top of a big hill and you're not doing fancy stuff as far as uh, looks and all that, but you are here and we are praying during the night and that's a wonderful thing. There's another young man that came as a... Um, as a refugee from Bohemia, which is there in the southern part next to Moravia. And he came up there. He was a teenager. And they were up there and they started praying together. And you know what? They couldn't stop. They prayed. And they prayed more. And more. And more. And more people showed up. And it was one night after the next. It was during the night and in the summertime. And they came up and, and they couldn't get stopped. And so here they were praying. Sometimes they just kept going on praying all night long. And this was the kind of prayer that don't think it's like an old fancy prayer of all sorts of uh, uh, elaborate things to say. It was just they were there. They were in the presence of the Lord. And during that time, this the, things started to happen all night long. And then it got into the place where it went day and night. And then it went into week after week, month after month. And do you know how long it lasted? Can anybody tell me? A hundred years. There it was. And during that time, around 100 years, well, anyway, it went on and on. It got a bit more organized over the time and so on. And Leonhard Doba and this other young man, this was um, uh, Tobias uh, Leopold was named, and he was uh, like a teenager. And they came together and they, they learned about the black people down in St. Thomas in the, the West Indies during that time. And they, they met a, a black uh, man from there. Started talking about it, and here one thing led to another, and they and they uh, uh, packed them off. And this now we were talking this earlier this morning about planting uh, churches and planting uh, places and so on. Well, guess what? Back in those days, they made it very simple. They put people out. They they gave them a couple of coins. They probably both of them might have had around two or three dollars each between the two of them. They had no money. And they went out there and and they said, you go out there and see if you can find you ways around the world over to the West Indies. And so they went up there uh, to Denmark and it took about half a year until anybody got them into a boat uh, because that is crazy. said, you can't go down there. They said, oh, we're going to go down there. We're going to work with the slaves. Well, they said, no, you can't do that. You're white. You can't go down there, work with slaves. He said, all right, well, we, uh, 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 Bobo, he knew how to make pottery. And the other guy was a, was a carpenter. And he said, well, we'll go down there and we'll work as carpenters. or Whatever we're going to do, whatever we're going to we'll, we'll get there. And so eventually the Lord helped him down there. Well, actually, there was another boy came first. He was named uh, David Nietzsche, came first. And then uh, uh, Tobias came a little bit later on. But whatever. They went down there. One thing led to another, and uh, here, eventually, Tobias came down. He lasted about half, half a year, about six months, and he died. And many of their people just died as flies all over the place. They came over there, uh, families came down there, and it didn't last long at all. They got sick, it was hot, it was terrible, and uh, here they got uh, strange diseases. People came in there, burnt their place down uh, uh, one after the next, whatever. It was a very, very tough time. By the time that Leonhard Doba died a good number of years ago, can you give me a guess as to how many people, how many black African people were converted, found their way to the Lord, not just halfways, not just partially, not just doing silly things, but doing very important work amongst them. I have a number. I'm bad with numbers, but I have it right here. It is, uh, let me think here. Okay, can you give me a guess? Way more. No, not that many. It was 13,000. 13,000 Afro-American slaves were part of the church at this moment in time, and I am talking about the kind of people that were roundly converted. And they were people that were working as slaves out there in the middle of nowhere in the hot, and you know how it is, hot down there in the West Indies, and so on. And by the time it was done, it was a thorough. Ongoing church. And I know many of those people at this moment in time. I've been there many times and right in that area. And here the well, 100% of them are, are Afro-Americans and all the way down into Guyana and Suriname uh, and so on. And things are still happening now. It's not quite like it used to be anymore, but anyway. So I'll just give that a little bit of a, of, an, of a thing, the, the story about, uh, of, a, of an example. So don't think that just because you're a few people, you can't do only a few things, that not much can happen. Out of a very few handful of people, the whole wide world has always been changed by just a few people. So don't worry about numbers, just do faithfully what you can do and things will go well. Now I would like to share a few of the other scriptures that come along with it. And this is all about the kingdom and how that all went. But before that, I'll have to tell you a few more stories that go along with it. My name is Peter Hoover. My great-grandfather was also called Peter Hoover, and I'm named after him. And, of course, our family lived on just the north shore of Lake Erie. Uh, uh, This is like a good number of years ago. And uh, my great-grandfather, as a young man, went out there uh, with his uh, fiddle. He liked to play the fiddle uh, very well. And he was also a sailor uh, because uh, uh, our uh, congregation, which is the Reign of Mennonite Church, was right on the north shore of Lake Erie. And I'm saying right smack dab uh, on the north shore. It is so close that on the place where my great-grandpa lived and so on, you could sit on the porch and take an apple core and throw it into Lake Erie. I mean, There you go. So it was like smack dab beside the water. In fact, it was so close. And the graveyard, the Hoover graveyard, is so on the water that eventually it washed out so bad that they even. Had to, try, had to take the, the road from one side of the graveyard onto the other side because it was washed into the lake. <laughs> and, so, and even the graves themselves, probably some of them were gone too. And even the, the meeting house was burned down, but then they, they, they put it about a quarter mile in on my grandparents' place, which is a little bit in. And so that's the Reign of Church, which is a, 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 possibly the oldest one in, North, in, uh, in Canada. It would have been founded, that congregation, in the late 1790s. So it gives you a bit of an idea. Some of the people came actually here from, from this uh, Cumberland Valley. But whatever the case, uh, so here was uh, my great-grandpa Peter Hoover. But he had his fiddle, and he liked to dance. And so uh, one night he was going over there uh, to the neighbors and he was going to uh, see if somehow or another, if he could just uh, have a jolly time over there with his neighbors. And a lot of them were Irish and uh, uh, English or whatever all they were in that area. And so he went over there. But for some reason or another, the Lord inspired him that he should go and check the thing out and look into the window first. So he went over there and it was dark already and it was in the winter time and he went over there, peeped into the window and here what he saw was a vision. A very strange vision. All these people that were dancing, it looked like they were devils dancing around. It was horrible. It was so bad. Everybody was dancing around, and it just looked like a wicked, wicked, wicked situation. And it looked like they were all getting ready to be destroyed. And so he rushed back home, took his fiddle, smashed it. That was the end of the fiddle. And here he was part of a large, large family. He was the only, no, he and one sister were the only ones that stayed in sort of a uh, conservative uh place that you can actually be very comfortable with. And he took a very serious approach. And he learned, uh, he became like a very old man. He was almost 90 years old when he died. And he was a faithful person. It was through my great-grandpa that I had this little link into something that happened many years ago. Later on, he had a boy. Well, he, was, he got married then. And then he had a boy. The first boy, he called him John. John died very quickly. Then he had a couple of girls. They had a, a girl called Charity, another one Elizabeth, another Marianne, and and so on. But whatever down the road. But then he had at the very end they were going to have a little a little child. They didn't know it was going to be a boy or a girl, but they were going to have a child. All of a sudden, my great-grandpa Peter Hoover was out in the barn, and he was working. And all of a sudden, the Spirit told him. The reason I'm telling you these things is because don't. Don't uh, get rid of the idea that the Spirit will show you things. The Spirit will show you if you are willing to listen. Anyway, he was out in the barn. All of a sudden, the Spirit told him, go. Immediately. Go. do, Go somewhere. I'll t- I'll show you. And so, so he rushed out of the barn. What was happening? He couldn't see anything. What's going on? And so he, he and, and right away, the Spirit told him, down to the spring house. He went down to the spring house. And this is a very sad story. He went down there. He ran down to the spring house. See what's going on? And he looked into the door. And do you know what he saw? It was a horrible sight. He saw his wife hanging from a rope from a beam in the in the spring house. He took his jackknife and quickly cut the, the cord and she fell off. And, uh, and he saved his wife. And here what was happening is that uh, they, she was just about to have the baby and she was scared. And uh, somehow or another, the devil had convinced her that she's not going to make it anyway. And so she thought she's not even going to go through all that pain of this childbirth. And so she's just going to take, get rid of herself before that even happens. And so here my great-grandpa was there. And so he saved her. And out of that three days later, my grandfather was born. And they called him Menno, Menno Hoover. And that was the only boy they ever had that survived. And out of that family came an Ocean of people that kept the family name. <laughs> and, and my, my grandfather, when he died, he had around 300 descendants. At the time he died, he was also like in the nineties when he died. And uh, now there are, I don't know how many of the, of the family that's left. And they're all my grandpa's uh, descendants from down, down through that area. So that's what happened. Later on, my, my family that was working in that area, uh, Menno Hoover, uh, grew up and, and he was converted at a Mennonite church sometime with some uh, conference Mennonite uh, folk. But then somewhere along the line, he was, um, he was going to be somebody they were looking for an, for an ordination and, and he was about the only one that's candidate uh, to do it and everybody expected that Menno Hoover young man is going to be the, the new preacher there at this place and uh, everybody sort of accepted well that's how it is well that's fine and the bishop thought so too There's a, a couple of bishops came in one came from further north which is the Waterloo area which would be up in the Kitchener area uh, one of the bishops came from down there Ezra Martin and the other one was down there at Freeman Rittenhouse and he was came from the uh, out there close to Hamilton Ontario uh, close to Niagara Falls actually and so he came over there and he for coming over, and all of a sudden, my grandfather, Menno Hoover, whom I worked with so much, he had, as an older man, he worked in a paddle shop, and I was a boy that there was, as soon as I was out of school, I was there helping at the paddle shop and so on, and he told me stories all the way through. He was a great storyteller, and I don't remember much about the paddle shop, but I do remember very much about the stories. Well, anyway, one of the things that he liked to talk about, he said he was coming down from the upstairs of the of the barn right before this ordination and everybody expected was going to be the, the, the ordained man. He was halfway down the stairs. All of a sudden the Lord told him don't have a thing to do with this. What's that all about? Well he was completely mystified. But he he told the people later on he said I can't go along with this. I don't know what's happening but uh, I'm not supposed to be going there. So anyway he didn't. And everything changed. All the people at that area, that whole church died rather promptly and everything went cockeyed and they had all manner of, uh, of problems and, uh, and he was out of it. And he, he, and even though he lived on a very beautiful farm, it's the old Hoover farm right beside the lake and so on, and here he took that and he went somewhere else and, if, and started somewhere else. And if it wouldn't have been that for, de- for, de- for that decision of my grandfather, have you any clue where I would be? You, uh, you wouldn't have a clue. Do you ask most of our relatives, when we go to the last reunion, was about 10 years ago, the family reunion, most of the people have not even a clue as to what Anabaptism is or what anything of this nature, and they are from all over the place, and of course they're divorced, they're married, they're Catholics, they're all manner of stuff, and, uh, and here they always ask me about uh, some historical things about our background. Well, whatever all that means, it doesn't mean much to me, but the fact of the matter is, our family was completely Utterly changed. The reason I'm telling you these stories is I'm talking my story. You have your story. And you are going to have your story by the time you're done. So that's what the whole thing's all about. So anyway, my grandpa went to another place and so on. My dad was exactly that same kind of a person. One day, he was going to go down to a congregation that at that moment in time was functioning at a place called Muddy Pond, Tennessee. And have you ever heard of that place? It's a curious place. There's a lot of very zealous people there. And, uh, and they had all sorts of ideas. I had two uncles living down in there. And, uh, and here they, they called on my dad. My dad was a, was a church leader in the, in the family or in the, in the church fellowship. That, that thing's getting caught. I don't know where it But, so whatever the case. The, the thing was they wanted my dad to come down there. And so here my, um, my dad and my uncle Daniel Martin, and there was another man called John Shirk, and who is now the bishop up out there at Gory, Ontario, uh, amongst the Orthodox Mennonites. But he's an old man by now. But uh, anyway, this is 1970, summer of 1970. Dad was out in the barn. He walked into the horse stall because, of course, we had horses and buggies and so on. Interesting enough because we were like a million miles from the rest of our relatives as far as culturally. But whatever the case. So we were there and uh, my dad was out there halfways through uh, putting the uh, harness onto the horse. Galachat. And so he was there. The Lord spoke to him. Said, you take your son Peter along. What's that's that's unreasonable. You don't take three preachers and go down to Muddy Pond, Tennessee and try to fix a, a church problem and bring a ten year old boil out? I mean what's that all about? And so my dad was so doubtful about it that he actually gave my gave the Lord a test. He said, All right then Lord I will take Peter along, which is me, and he said, I will take him along, providing I'm going to find him on the yard where he is. And the the weird part of it is, I was away for holidays. It was during the summer, and I was with my twin friends, and we were like about, oh, I don't know, 12, 13, 14, 15 kilometers. It's probably like close to 20 kilometers away. It was on the other side of St. Jacobs Ontario. And so here we were, and here uh, I was going to be gone for a week. And my dad had to drive all the way down there to pick me up and and see if if he could take me down to Tennessee. Well, the last thing I was going to be doing, well, all right, while that happened, he was there out in the uh, putting on the, the harness on the horse, and at the same time, I was down there uh, down uh, east of uh, Conestoga, Ontario, and here, there's two boys that were, I uh, was taking uh, some twin brother, twin boys at their house, is where I was staying. And that morning, we all decided, all right, well, we're going to go, and we will uh, visit another boy, which is about, uh, oh, I don't know, uh, a couple of kilometers east of our place, uh, also close to the town of, of Conestoga. And this was a, a Brubaker farm, and it was right past Josh who Josh Bauman's later on lived in Te- Muddy Pond, Tennessee, if you know anything about those folks. But whatever the case, so I was we were going down that road, and it was in the summertime, and it was actually through the, the bush lane, and we were going down there, and it was hot already in the morning, sort of. It was in the, during the summer. And we were all walking barefoot, of course, we were little boys, and, uh, and so all of a sudden, we were halfway down there, and we were out in the, in the bush lane, and here, all of a sudden, I had this thing happening. Somebody told me, Somehow, I was 10 years old at the time, and he said, stop, don't, don't go down there, turn around. Well, I was mystified. How in the world? What's this, what's this all about? And so I, I told the other boys, I said, oh, let's stop then. Let's go back home. Let's not go there after all. He said, well, what's wrong? Do you feel sick? He said, no, I don't feel sick. Uh, I said, uh, what's going on? And I said, well, my my feet are are, are wet and my pants are getting wet. And he said, well, that's silly. He said, we're, we we're go swimming all the time. We get wet all the time. And, and you're barefoot. What's the difference? And I said, well, I don't know. But I just let's just go back. And so we turned around and we walked back to, uh, to where these folk came from. And I was on the yard, barely on that yard. And then here comes my dad with his horse and his buggy and he comes in there with a big smile and there am I standing on the yard exactly the test that he had given to the Lord and so here my, my dad immediately said you go get your clothes immediately and uh, wash up your place a little bit we're going to Tennessee right now and this was the first time I was ever going to the USA and we got over across the Detroit whatever, and went down there. well anyway, the only reason I'm telling you these stories is be ready when it comes However it comes, listen, there is a world of a difference whether you are a person that grabs a Bible and takes it as a book. And all that you do is like a rule book, like there's a do, do, do and don't, don't, don't. If that's all you're doing, you are using your Bible in abuse. You're actually using something that is never going to work for you. You may, you may actually wreck what you, what you learn from the Bible. So the thing, the moral of the story, what I'm telling you as young people is the, the thing is get tuned in. Listen. Learn how to listen. The Lord will tell you. And I'm not saying it's all going to come miraculously and strangely and unusually, but the thing is you need to be tuned in. That is the main thing probably I want to tell you tonight. But that has much to do with the kingdom, the secret. Of the kingdom of God. But there's much more about it. Okay, now we want to read a few of the scriptures that go along with it. So now we have the, the kingdom of God is here. And so um, um, let me just see. Uh, did you read the scripture? So read the scripture right here.
0: Nicodemus said, Rabbi, we know you are a teacher who has come from God. For no one can perform the miraculous signs you are doing if God is not with him. In reply, Jesus declared, I tell you the truth. No one can see the kingdom of God. Or where it is going. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit.
1: Alright. The Spirit is what you need. You need it. Otherwise, you are stumbling around. You are falling and, and wherever. In the dark. If you will find the light. The way to go. You will need to find the Spirit somehow. And it's there for you. Don't ever think it's not for you. It is For you. For you. In person. Don't wait! don't stay until or, or give up on it. it. Just stay there. Hang on. And, and the Lord will show you how to go. And I will tell you another little uh, uh, description a little bit how it all goes. Uh, there are two ways of uh, kind of working it out with our understanding of God and the scriptures and the truth and eternity and everything. Uh, one of them is in German. We have two terms for it. One is called the which is the, uh, the kind of obedience that comes from obedience. And that thing is always the thing about rules and how you do this, do this, don't that, and don't that, and so on. Well, we are only way too familiar with that kind of stuff amongst Anabaptist folk. And many of the people here are of Anabaptist background. So if all that you can think about doing all the right things, do you know what? You probably haven't even caught it. Now, the other side of it, and many times it's the other Ditch of the whole situation is a thing called a Hatsensklauben, which is like a, the kind of a faith, the kind of an understanding that is totally wrapped around, totally geared on experience. The like the, 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 the experience of the heart and so on. Well, if that's all that you've got and all you have is just, oh, this wonderful thing happened like five years ago at uh, July or whatever. Well, whatever. well if, if that's all you can talk about, it's just how it went when you got born again. You're also not catching it. There are two things. We need to be both obedient. We also need to have an experience, but we have to walk with the Lord. It's a bit like walking on the railroads. I don't know if you ever tried doing railroads, but if you ever walk on the railroad, you're not going to be looking at your feet and, and think you're going to stay on the, on the, on the rails. If you're talking on top of the, uh, walking on top of the rails, you have to be looking far ahead. You have to have a vision. You have to walk forwards. And, and then you can walk on the, on the railroad quite successfully. Well, that is a bit how it is with being a Christian. You have to not fall into this ditch, into that ditch. You have to keep walking, walking, walking with your eyes fixed. On Jesus. That's how it works, and out of that, your spirit and your life, everything will come together. Now, uh, I will have to tell you another sad story, a very, very sad, sad story. Uh, just some while ago, there was an Anabaptist man that uh, I don't even know personally. So it's probably good, but I, I do know his brother-in-law, and I know other people quite well. And uh, this man, apparently, from what you're telling me, is for about a year and a half. This man in a conservative Mennonite congregation, and he was, of course, wearing his plain coat and wearing, you know, all the good stuff and, right like, kind of shirt and whatever and so forth, uh, but whatever, uh, and anyway, he was, sun- he was a t- Sunday school teacher. Apparently, for the last year and a half, that man was visiting a lady, a prostitute, night after night, or many times, just night after night after night. And then he went to the the Mennonite congregation and was able to stand up on a Sunday morning and uh, and teach Sunday school, and then he was able uh, to pray and so on and so forth and be just as religious as can be. After all this came into the clear and and uh, was discovered and so on, his brother-in-law asked him, "How in the world could you do that? How could you?" Do that and at the same time preach and pretend that you're all the same. And then he said something that was very profound. It's probably the most profound thing he ever said. He said the two things were just not connected. Well, do you know what? That was the problem. He identified correctly. It wasn't connected. Is your life connected? Is my question to you. Is it connected in my life? That is the issue. Our life, our belief, our current uh, direction, is it all the same thing? Or is it just a couple of things, bits and pieces here, and we have side by side, and we have all sort of uh, have an idea of how to work it? Well, it's not going to work. When I was up in Canada, I was teaching school, and this was back in the 1970s. And, of course, I had a good number of First Nations children. Well, a number of these First Nation folk had joined our church. And this was some kind of the Mennonite congregation up close to the Ottawa Valley. It was up in the northeastern part of Ontario. Actually, in fact, I don't know if somebody here from there or not, but it is now a church that they call themselves Fort Stewart. I think they changed it somewhat, but it's at Fort Stewart, Ontario. Anyway, whatever the case, uh, up in there, there was a First Nation guy, which was from uh, the Ojibwa tribe, and he had gotten converted. It was, was part of the church. His name was Dallas Johnson. And he was a a very earnest and 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 an interesting person to to know. And uh, whatever the case, but he fell back very sadly. And one night uh, while uh, Dallas Johnson was down at the Curve Lake uh, Industry uh, um, at the... we say in reserves, we used to say, but we're not supposed to say We say now called First Nation Tribes or whatever. <laughs> Everything is changing up in Canada. But whatever the case, so we were supposed to, uh, okay, Dallas was down there, and he was in a pub. And in the pub, sadly, he went up front, and he was getting lots of things to drink. And somehow or another, he had gotten too much, and he choked and whatever, and he fell over, and he, ch- and he choked himself, actually, and died. It was a horrible, horrible ending. But then we, of all things, were called on uh, to come down there and have the funeral. And so we went down there, and I was a school teacher, of course, at that time, and we were down there, it was like 30 below zero, and don't worry if it's it's going to be Canadian or or American, because it's about the same on both sides. And so it was, it was, if it would have been 30 below, it would have been here, it would have been there as well. And so anyway, but it was 30 below down over there, uh, over up there, and uh, we went down there, and it was uh, uh, brilliantly sunny, it was the middle of the summer, and there was lots and lots of snow, and I was really, really surprised that the First Nation folks had actually he dug a grave, but here they did. And so here we were, and we were uh, trying to get him buried. And uh, somewhere along the line, they said his favorite song was, um, how does it go? Uh, do you have the song right there, don't you? I have it right here. Um, uh, uh, where do I find it? Uh, uh, you read it now. Read it, to read it it? Oh, ere you left your room this morning. We'll see if you can sing that song. Do you know that song? I think you do. You, you do know it? Okay, well, anyway, that was his favorite song and so now they asked us if we can sing that song at the funeral and my or me we said what are we going to do with this because it just doesn't sound like it fits like what we're doing and here we're trying to bury this person and here on the top of it like all these First Nation people that came I would say 95% of them of those men that were there were either quite drunk or halfway drunk, and here they were, and it was just a a weird, weird situation. But we sang this song nevertheless, and we tried to do as best as we could with the funeral. It was quite a strange funeral. But here is the song. So let's see if we can stand this song, stand and sing this song, because I want you uh, to be thinking about that particular song. And you better start it, because uh, you know the song, don't you? I'm not sure if I know your tune to it, though. Ere you left your room this morning, did you think to pray in the name of Christ our Savior? Did you sue for loving favor is a shield today. Oh, I'm praying, blessed and weary. Prayer will change the night today. Slow in scornful and in light. remember, don't forget to pray. Don't forget to pray. And now you may sit down again but if you want to. But the, the thing about prayer is don't even worry about making long, elaborate prayers. Actually, very recently, I had a very strange vision. And I don't know if you like having visions, or what. I was never quite sure about as to what all comes, but uh, every once in a while well, I just have them. Whether I'm either I'm sleeping or whether I'm, aw- I'm awake, many times it's before I go to sleep or whatever, and all of a sudden I see stuff. And uh, and this particular time it was a very weird one. It was uh, I was there, and all of a sudden I was on the other end of the prayers. It was really weird. It was uh, I was there with the Lord right beside me, and here these uh, these prayers were coming from all over the place, from all over the world. And here there was the uh, people came up and uh, and they shared their prayers, and I was absolutely flabbergasted at just listening to them. They were weird prayers. You know what they were? And people came in there and they started talking uh, to this direction because I was on the other end of the prayers and so here these things came and they were like long worded little things and they had like Lord this and Lord that and Lord the other and it's kind of a sing song little thing and it's just and here it's going on and, on. and, and here and, uh, and on top of that it was all those cliches like old things that everybody always says all the time when they're praying anyway and a lot of it was sort of King James halfway through and here it was and so here I was listening to all of this kind of stuff and it was so bizarre and I thought and Jesus has to be there listening to all that kind of stuff, and I thought, well, I feel sorry for him. And and I thought, well, do you know what we should do? We should try that on one another and see how it actually sounds. I mean, you try it with your dad and see how, how he's going to look at you. I mean, you'll get some very strange looks if you, if you start talking to people like you. Why are Earth would be talking like that when we're praying. Why don't we just pray like we pray and try to say what we want to say? And on top of that, we don't have to make a long spiel about what we're praying about. I mean, we can just pray. We can say these kind of things and then we can move on. And as far as prayer goes, if we're we're talking about about prayer tonight and uh, my feeling about prayer is actually recently a friend of mine, he was talking with his brother. So it's not exactly directed to me, but he was talking with another brother in the church and it was over in England. It was actually in um, northern England. And the, the man, I don't know if you ever heard of him, but it's Tom Wright. If you, if you, heard, if you know who Tom Wright is, he wrote, he wrote a number of books and, and is on little YouTubes and whatever about things. He's actually an inside kind of a person. But anyway, he was talking with his friend. And this friend, he asked him, well, so how did it go with your prayers this morning? And he said, oh, well, I prayed about five minutes. So, said, well, that's strange. So five minutes? And he said, well, I was trying to pray for over half an hour, but I, it finally started working when it was about like almost done. And so I had about five minutes left. And do you know what? That is very honest. Very honest. While we are praying, we may as well be honest. Do you know what? Most of you people, certainly me, and most all of us around, we can't just sit there and just spout things and just talk and talk and talk and talk while we're praying. It's not even necessary. The Lord already knows a lot of these kind of things anyway. But one thing we do need to do is we need to be in the presence of the Lord. And even in the presence of the Lord, maybe it's not even going to be five minutes. In fact, if you are serious about it, I would say you push it. When you're young and you're starting all of this with your prayers, you will be good off if you're actually in a complete. Minutes are in the presence of the Lord in your heart. Try it. Just try it. For a whole minute, you're not thinking of anything other than just the Lord. As a school teacher, I sometimes would talk with my children and I said, All right, so now we are going to be just totally quiet now for a whole minute. But there's only one thing I'm gonna tell you. While we are on the this whole minute of being totally quiet, just the only thing I'm gonna ask you is don't think of any pink alligators. <laughs> now sit there for a while. Sit now. what now were you managing? Do you know what everybody did? Well, that's how it works. Our brains are very strange things. Very, very strange things. They oftentimes do exactly what we don't want them to do. And and so when it comes to prayer, and there we are, and we're, we're trying to keep focused on prayers and so on, but so easily we wander and we wander and we wander. Well, don't be too stressed by it. Even when you are starting very as a young person or recently converted or something like that, don't worry about it. Just pray, think. Don't don't say a whole lot to, you, to, to the Lord. Well, you don't have to say anything out loud necessarily, but just be there and, and be present in, in the Lord, and then present what you ha- what you have, or just listen. Just listen, and then when that slides off, well, then okay, then we then we do something for a little while, and then uh, five minutes later, ten minutes later, or whatever, and then get connected again. Connected. It's reconnecting. Reconnecting all the way through. And now I'm getting back into this whole thing about the secret of the kingdom of God. It's constant returnings to the Lord. Constant. All day long. And the more that you do this, the more that you learn about that, the more beautiful this comes. It doesn't matter. Like Even while I'm here speaking. Am I always conscious the whole way through with the presence of the Lord? You know what? It's exactly the same thing. Anything else, I have to continually return, 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 return all day long. And once you have not done it for like half an hour or like an hour or half a day or whatever, you're in trouble. It's not how it works. And, and the thing about like early in the morning spending a whole hour. Well, that's very easy for me because I'm there and I wake up anyway. And so, so I have time there. And so I do pray on and on, all the way through that, but I think of lots of other things. I think of other people. I think of needs. I think of all sorts of stuff. Well, that's all fine, but the thing is, just when you are praying, don't be too focused on how you actually pray, or just like all long So the thing is, just keep on going. Always return to prayer. Return, 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 return. The rest of your life, the easier it gets. Very, very nice. I think, if I'm not mistaken, I can walk in here tonight, or somewhere along the line, and I think, I've heard about somebody talking about the Jesus prayer. Well, I'll get the delay That's a very interesting one. So anyway, let's see. Are there any scriptures here that I would like to uh, to share a little bit about? uh, Some of the. By the way, what's time? It is uh, one o'clock. So we're done. Well, I, I, I don't want to, uh, well, I just want to quickly finish uh, a few things here. All right, well, so anyway. Uh, so, um, well, uh, the, the things. otherwise it becomes like a, f- a fancy imaginary thing. Okay, now we have God far away. Oh, well, recently I was just reading a, a, a book called the, the um, what is it called again? The Doctrines of the Bible. And it's done by Daniel Kaufman, who was a, a Mennonite bishop. And he, one thing that he was describing on this book was about heaven. And do you know what? There's something very, very serious about that. There's a serious problem about that whole thing. He was saying that heaven... It's far away. And so, uh, he, he, had, he had a weird scripture that is not even connected with heaven. And it comes from Isaiah or somewhere. And he had in the, And he said it's far, far away. And it only comes in the King James, by the way. And, and if you in any other English or German or whatever, it's not, it's not even there. But it, the, the words are not even there. But whatever the case. So he had this idea that somehow or another. And I also recently I wrote another, I saw another article that somebody asked him about heaven. And he said, well, or about God. And he said, well, this, this, this actually a scholar, a, a, a religious scholar, wrote back, and it's even online. And he says that, um, uh, all right, well, God is not on Earth, and God is not in the heavens that we can see, as far as like the, the actual physical heavens. And so there must be a third heaven, which uh, which um, what's the name? Paul talks about, and so he must be like who knows where, like way out there somewhere. Do you know what that idea is? That idea is absolute false, false. False doctrine. Number one. Now, don't be too upset. The word heaven is not in the Bible. It'll never be there. The concept of heaven being a place in that sense is, is not even there. It always, everything consistently, both in Greek and in Hebrew, it's always plural. It's always the heavens. Every single time. The three heavens that we're talking about is indeed the first visible heaven or heavens or whatever. And then the second one is beyond this where like the stars and all that is there. That's the second part of it. And then the third heavens that you can connect with and so on. Do you know where that is? It's right here. The only thing that you are not getting into it is because you're not seeing it. It's invisible. It's the invisible version of it. And every so often the Lord allows that to be shown. And, and you, you have lots of evidence of this in the scriptures. That all of a sudden, like, you remember when, when Elijah, Elisha it was, that was out there with his, uh, with his young man was out there. And he was very, very worried. He said, oh, there's lots of enemies that are coming. This oh, what's going to happen? Now? What are we going to do now? So here they all come. We're all going to be destroyed. And, and then Elisha went and prayed. And he said, just open this man's eyes. And so all of a sudden, it opened his eyes. And the first thing he knew, that there were an ocean of... of um, uh, angels that were all around him. And so here, it, it, everything turned out completely, completely different. He has seen something that he had never seen before. Okay, well, we just need to look a few more things. It's uh, Nathaniel. Do you know what, Nathaniel? He all of a sudden, he, when, he, when he started seeing the Lord, he was uh, very impressed. And then Jesus told him, you read this one. You read the scripture in here. And then uh, Jesus turns around and he said this. Just keep it on there a little bit further.
0: Truly, you will see the heavens opening and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man.
1: Right. What I want you to know before I close is I want you to have your heart open to the heavens. The heavens are here. Now, you need to think about, okay, I'm just telling you, Enoch. Enoch and, uh, Moses and Elijah. There were people that just whooshed out and they never even died. And so, whatever. And so they, they went out there and all of a sudden, where were they? Where were, Where did Elijah go? Where did, uh, uh, Enoch go? Well, they just went into the invisible part of it. That is the, the, the heavens on the other side. But, uh, whatever. Now keep on going with, uh, Elisha. E- Elisha says this, oh, uh, yeah, at the beginning. Is that Elijah? No, it's about, you, you go right down in Mars, here. Let's yeah. just go Mars. Yeah. Uh, This So here is uh, uh, Paul uh, talking to all the the Greeks out there in in Marcia. You read, quick.
0: One man God made all the nations that they should inhabit the whole earth. God did this so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he is not far away from any one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being.
1: The the thing about it is uh, the, the heavens are here. God is here in your prayers. And so that's why we're talk about prayer. Is don't think that you're talking about some kind of an imaginary God far, far off. Do you know what you're actually thinking with that? That's a completely Gnostic thing. Maybe I told you that before. But the idea, the Gnostics had the idea that the uh, the heavens or the heaven that we talk about is completely, uh, it's it's not geographical. It's just an idea. What's in your brain, that is totally wrong. And many, many people have, so if you ask them, so where is heaven? Well, you know where where the clouds are, you know where everything else, but we don't know where heaven is. Heaven is way out there somewhere. Don't think that way. How in the world can you pray that way if it's out there? So if it's all in your brain, if it's all imaginary, well, then you may as well just quit it. Okay, now, the next one. You read this one. Here, that that one. Just keep it on that bit now because it, there, just keep going that way.
0: Once... When being asked by the Pharisees when the Kingdom of God would come, Jesus replied, The Kingdom of God, a Kingdom of God is not something that can be observed, nor will people say, here it is, or there it is, because the Kingdom of God is within
1: you. It's within you! That's where you find it. You find it right here. Okay, now read the next one.
0: In my thirtieth year, in the fourth month, on the fifth day, while I was amongst... is
1: Ezekiel, by the way.
0: While I was amongst the exiles by the Kibar River, The heavens were opened, and I saw visions of God.
1: The heavens are open, Boys, girls, brothers, everybody, this is the thing I most want for you, that the heavens will be open to you. Somehow, somewhere, it'll happen. Okay, keep on going.
0: When all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. And as he was praying, the heavens were opened, and the Holy Spirit descended on him in a bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my son, whom I
1: love with whom I am well pleased. Nobody went to heaven. Heaven was there. All of a sudden it was visible. That's the only difference. Okay, now keep going. To the next one. Jesus said,
0: Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven. I have glorified it, and I will glorify it again. The crowd that was there and heard it said it had thundered.
1: That's smack dab right in the middle of Jerusalem. Heaven was there. So what else would you expect? Okay, keep on going.
0: Others said an angel had spoken to him. Jesus said, this voice was for your benefit, Read not mine. Read this one, yet.
1: Go ahead. Go down there. The
0: transfiguration.
1: Yeah. I've, I've, oh, I just talked about, oh, the transformation. So we went to transformation, and all of a sudden, what happens there? Well, everything changes drastically. Peter said all sorts of things that he probably shouldn't say. saying, just exactly the kind of I would do. It's very strange I got that name. But whatever the case, so here he was, and he said, let's put some three sheds in there. Well, what's that going to be But here, uh, they, they were looking out there, and the first thing they knew, they saw, who else? This was Jesus. Moses and Elijah, is there anything significant about that? How did Moses get to where he went? Nobody knows. What about Elijah? Nobody knows where he went. And so all of a sudden they showed up with uh, on top of this mountain, which is Mount Tabor, out in in Israel. As the first thing they could see, things. Wow, in the world could you see Moses. How could you see Elijah? Well, here it was. They could see him because all of a sudden he would, he reappeared. Well, that is exactly how it is. The heavens are right here. So when you are praying and you are praying some imaginary uh, Gnostic kind of a, of a thing way out there in the Never Neverland, like uh, Alice in Wonderland or something, like that, well, no wonder you can't pray. No wonder get real recognize that the lord is right here the reason that you aren't seeing him is because he is he has a a, a a human flesh i mean by the time you know after his resurrection remember that that these uh, the israelites were all in this shed or in this uh this room and the first thing you know jesus showed up and the door was locked how did he get in he showed what he showed his scars he was wearing the same body what did he do he asked For fish. And ate. And how did he get in? He got in through the walls. How did he get in? This is the mystery. Between the earth. Reality. And spirituality. And spirit. The spirit and the earth are connected. It's from God. We are in the midst of this. We are going to be there. We are earth people. We are not heaven people. Oh, by the way, we need to also read this scripture. I'm so sorry, but uh, I just have to say this scripture. Somewhere in here where Jesus actually says that nobody has ever been to heaven. Where where does it say that? You find this scripture very quickly. It's right in here somewhere. Uh, Right in here. God is spirit. Okay, read this one. Just go down into here.
0: God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth.
1: That's the only way we're going to ever get to, to God is through the spirit. Now read this.
0: No one has ever seen God but the one and only Son who is himself God and is the closest relationship with the Father who has made him known.
1: How did Jesus ever say that? That nobody's ever seen God. What about Adam and Eve walking around in the bush or out there and, and Adam and Eve or wherever. And, uh, here, and, and God was walking with them. So, well, God, do you know what he does? He is spirit. But he can show up anywhere. He can show up in a human body if he wants to. And he does. And then and sometimes Abraham. Abraham was there. Three men came in. Well, one of them seems to have been God. But he, he came in and ate with, with Abraham. And so how did that happen? Well, it's because God can do that kind of thing. What about Moses when he was up in, and he saw the, 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 the backside of God or something like that? Well, God allowed him to do that. But it's also just one of those miracles. But God is a spirit. And Jesus himself said, nobody ever saw God. And you never will either. And you're not going to be in heaven because he even says nobody's ever been up there. Well, not so far. But you will eventually. But whatever. It's going to come all together anyway. But whatever the case. And so now we have... Well, we have the, well what about this one? So what about this donkey? And uh, Elisha... What's his name? Uh, ben uh, Balaam was sitting on top of it, and the first thing you know God is talking out of a donkey 's mouth. Where was God now in a donkey? Where was God when uh what's his name was down there in the whale underneath, and all of a sudden god he was hearing what God was telling in the in the, in the bottom of the ocean with a with a with a with a, with a um in the middle of a whale well that's a very strange place to be but god can be anywhere he is a spirit and at the same time what about god being in a burning bush how's that possible is that even scriptural he was there what about the winds of the, of the storm how can god be in the storm very strange help comes from the hills What from the hills what about from the hills What about, yeah, well, all sorts of things. We can talk about all sorts of things about God. God is everywhere, but God is spirit. So don't expect God sitting on the throne as an old man with a beard. Like uh, Michelangelo, I mean, that is an absolute... Caricature. I mean, don't, don't even look at it. Don't even go to the Sistine Chapel. I don't even like it. And so whatever the case. So uh, the, the real God that we're dealing with is a spirit, a spirit actually it is, and the only one that comes in flesh and blood is, is, or flesh anyway, is the Lord Jesus so anyway there we go So, but now we have to just finish this up a little bit oh dear me uh, um, the, the heavens open uh, well there's lots here about the, the heavens open but I, I want you all to discover this thing about the opening of the heavens and then we have a short prayers okay well short prayers we, it's very good to keep short and then now we go with the uh, prayer points okay uh, good places to go so since God is around as a young boy I was out there out beside the river and uh, beside there's two rivers coming together in a little, sort of a little hill up on the side a little steep little thing and uh, I call it uh, Saint-Mobile Shell which is a silly thing because was it's a, it's a little uh, community over there in France many years ago, early Christians. But whatever. And I, and I had a regular spot. And there's only one of uh, many, 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 many things. All over the world, I've found spots in there where I discover God. And out of that, once I've been there, this is all over the place in South America, in, uh, in Europe, in, in Asia, wherever it was where I've ever been in my life. And I find spots in there where all of a sudden I connect with God. And once I've connected, I can go back to those places over and over and over. And just one thing leads to another. And it is such a wonderful thing. Come back. Come back. Come back to places. You do it. Find your places and, and connect God, and, and you, will, you will have a wonderful time with it. And then look at the prayer points. And now we go with the love and power. I won't get into that one. And so now we get into uh, fear and, and barrier. There are so many things that people, especially Mennonites, especially Anabaptists, they have a hard time getting along with God because they don't even think that God even loves you. They're scared of God, and so uh, God is just an old man that you, you better do this, you better do that, you better not do the other, you get in trouble. Well, that is just not. God, it's just not the Lord Jesus. If you want to pray, if you want to get along with Him, you will need to discover how much He loves you. And you start loving him in return. And all of a sudden, everything comes together. And you will have enjoyable times with the Lord. And you can have it every single day, no matter what is happening all around you. Anything goes wrong. But that never will go wrong. The Lord will love you anyway. Okay, good. Now, so if you have a scripture here, just do uh, tax. Oh, oh, the tax collector. Well, you think about uh, They were very, very humble people. Remember the tax collector? And so he had this thing about, uh, Lord Jesus, have mercy on me, a sinner. Well, that is the. Jesus prayer, I could tell you, I could take the whole message without I love the, the Jesus prayer. But uh, if you know anything about it, uh, check it out. And, and it's, it's just a way of prayer. Don't make complicated prayers. Lord Jesus Christ, have mercy on me. Let's all stand. Let's do it right together. We'll do this together. And we'll, we'll do it out loud. And this is the, the story of the, the, the man that was the, the tax collector. There's the, the lady, the, the Phoenician lady out there at the river and somewhere. And then we have a, a number of cases like that. where It happens about four or five times in the, in the New Testament. So let's pray all together. Lord Jesus Christ, have mercy on me, a sinner. Let's do it again. Lord Jesus Christ, have mercy on me, a sinner. Let's do it again. Lord Jesus Christ, have mercy on me, a sinner. And you sit and think about the, the, the Jesus prayer. And, and you'll, The early Christians had much to say about that. All right, good. And so we have the Jesus prayer. Okay, and now we go with how to pray. Well, we, we talked about that already. A, a prayer. Uh, project. Well, I, I would have loved to get into that, but I can't. And so now we go with, uh, prayer uh, tools. Uh, one thing I, w- I just have to show you. I just have to give you this one. It, it's, uh, you hang on to that. And I have it in here. And it's this, and it's this, and it's another thing. I have three things in here. And, uh, uh, and uh, and this is now this is our, our funny unusual uh, electronic world that we're living. In. Uh, have you ever seen these kind of things? These are MP3 players. Or this is one is an M- I think two of them are MP4s and one of them is an MP3. And what you should do uh, I, I do it and I just really like it. One of them is full of the Bible. And so and some of them put some messages in there as well. Uh, but whatever it's it's full of the Bible in there and I have uh, in all sorts of different languages like German and and my German favorite language and then of course that I have uh, Spanish and I have uh, English and I have uh, uh, Portuguese, Portuguese, and I have, um, French pieces in there, and, uh, um, what else do I have? Maybe, um, Italian, I think, have in there, and, uh, whatever else. A whole bunch of different languages. Very, very nice to listen to scripture. So in the middle of the, of the night, so I wake up early, and my wife is still there. She's sleeping, and I don't want to bang the place around and so on. And so here, I just reach out onto my cupboard right beside there and pick up one of these things and I start listening. And you know what? It is so enriching. If you are young people, young men, by the way, if you have are, are problems with, uh, with bad thoughts or something like that, do you know what? Turn that around inside out, and it'll be your best advantage right there. Why? Because if you're always tempted, say you're tempted like 15 times a day or something, or maybe even often, who knows? But every time that a, a dirty word or a dirty something or this and that comes around, or just somehow a wicked thing comes around, I don't know how it goes with girls, but I do know how it goes with boys. And now, of course, I'm a little older, so my, my kind of temptations are different than yours, probably if you're younger. But nevertheless, we get tempted all the time. But here we are. And so here these temptations come around. The thing to do is to flip around and say, all right, and here we come again. Let's go to the Lord. And if you do it every single time and, and you turn to the Lord, that is a great motivation to get back connected with the Lord. See? So if you just keep doing it, well, all of a sudden, hey, it's almost neat. And so every time it comes, while you're right here, go again. And so so that's how it goes. All right, so here I have my Bible thing, and then I have the other one, which is my gospel one. And it's all full of gospels, all different languages, and so on. And and all I do is I just put in there. And here my, my and then I have uh, one gospel coming in this language, this one, this one, this one. And and if you don't know different languages, well, do it with different versions or something like that. And and just so don't listen to all the same thing all the same time. But then just listen to that gospel over and over and. Over. And then this other one, the black one here, is the one about. Songs. And so I have like oh maybe a thousand or more of uh, of old beautiful old hymns with all sorts of beautiful things in there. And so when I'm just going to sleep or whatever, I put this on. And so I'd have it all every night, and and then I listen to all and all day long. So I carry these things around when I travel or wherever, And it's a great thing to do. It's, it's an electronic thing, it's a silly thing. Whatever I grew up with, completely with electricity and all that. But here, if it works, it works. And so I, I just recommend that you do this. Now let me just see if I can finish this off. And then so now oh the last thing that I, I I'll just have to finish this. It's all time. But the thing that I want to tell you one more thing. And if you forget everything else that I said, don't forget this one. We need to do something. And we're not doing it yet. By the time this all gets done, I want this to be working. Before I die, I hope. It's a thing about sending people out like Jesus said. Jesus' mission. This morning, we were together. And we had... Um, a long story about how to do, uh, uh, to start new churches. We talked about uh, all sorts of uh, uh, practical things. I'm not the most practical thing you've ever met in your life. I mean, uh, so here I, I, I think about, I dream about all sorts of things. i mean, usually they can jump ahead of everybody else, and it doesn't work, and people think it's silly, and so on. And later on, it probably is, but the, uh, uh, once in a while, sometimes things come out. of it. But uh, my thing about that one is, well, this is we're not. This is not me. This is not Peter Hoover at all. This is the Lord Jesus. What did He do? He took His disciples and He sent them out. Two by two. Simple as that. And without money without anything, just like I talked about those Moravians at the beginning. And he sent about. and for the kingdom of God, you go and you present the kingdom of God, come two by two, come to this village, come to this family, come to this house, be there, work there for a while, do your thing, and then if it works, it works, great, praise, uh, praise God, you can start something. And if not, you walk off and you take your shoes and uh, 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 dust them off and, and then, you, then you move on somewhere else and you find another place. But two by two, you go, you go, you go, and you find the seekers and out of that comes simple little Fellowships and it works. Do you know what? There's an example right here. It's Christian Newcomer. I could tell a whole message about that one or I could write a book about it if I want to. He was a a Mennonite preacher from Groffdale congregation in Lancaster County. Have you ever heard of that place? And he came over there and he had huge problems personally. He had all sorts of personal problems and who knows? He was a, a very disturbed kind of a younger man and later on he got soundly converted and do you know what he did? He went on his horse with a brother. Just any old brother, oftentimes a young boy or whatever, He went along with him and he went all over the place, into the east, into the west, into Ohio, which back, then, this is the 1700s. And Ohio was just barely even settled by white people. And then he got into Canada and he went down to Virginia and he did regular, regular, regular all the time. They have been a calculation, I can't even give you the number, of the many, 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 many thousands of miles that he went with his horse. Wherever he went, every week he went there and he, and he met the same people. He went over and over and over. He went around circle. And so he went, oh, about a once he would come back and then he would stop. And he stopped every single time, preached the gospel and got people to the Lord. And then he had a communion and he always had bread and wine. And then he had together a little meeting and then they, they, they did the thing. And then he went on to the next, he came back again. And out of that came hundreds of congregations started around him. It was simple. There was no money involved. No property. No, no, five families selling a farm and and buying another house or whatever. That is way too slow. Way too complicated by the time you get this done you'll be as old as a grapple. and, and the, the thing about it is uh, just do it do it while you're young do it while it's, while it's capable and, and that is that is that is him but then there's many other people that went all the way through there's another group that I know is, it's vulgarly we often say the Cunyans but it, it's another group and, and they send out with no money they send them out two by two two by two two by two we have to call them the two by twos up in Canada and in Australia all over the world and they go out there and just two by two what, what I so much hope you boys in particular, you're young, do it for at least half a year or maybe one year or five years or something like that and just start going out two by two and meet the seekers. Don't make it complicated. Don't, don't, don't go people that don't even want you or whatever. Just go there and find people here, find people there and once you have them together and then you have little meetings in people's homes. Don't try to make it complicated. Just have like two or three families or something like that and, and then come regularly. Don't just do a wonderful thing and then never come back. Just do that. Come around and around and around and then have your communion, have your bread and your wine and then and, and your, your little message that goes along with it and so on and then, then they're expecting you to come back and out of that, the exact, same thing that happened with Christian newcomer or the that, uh, that had settled with, with the Cunyites or it happened with the early Christians or whatever. That can happen again. It happened with the early Anabaptists. So why in the world would you make it complicated? So if you want to do that, I want you uh, to get connected somehow. And I would desperately want to do that. And if nothing else, you let me know about it and I will help you. And my email address, if you can remember this, my name is Peter Hoover, which is rather simple. It's just P-E-T-E-R and then H-O-O-V-E-R. And then there's a period and then there's T-A which stands for Tasmania because we've lived there for many years and so here's peterhoover.tas at gmail.com and if you're right on there and if you are interested with another single person or something of that nature and if you can come around as two by two and your church blesses you and everything sends you off uh, with with a blessing and so on I expect many, many things. And if you want some ideas, I can tell you, I can get you connected all over Europe, into Africa, into Asia, into Australia, into New Zealand, many little, or all of those little islands all over the place, and Canada, wherever. I mean, the, the sky is the limit. And another thing is, the end of it: don 't think that this Earth is all going to be destroyed, that 's the end of it. That is not how it is. In the end, there's no such thing as you floating off and floating off into some kind of an imaginary heaven. You are going to be here. This Earth is for us. It's the heavens and earth of a new righteousness that is coming together at the end of our journey. And this will be restored everything will be restored it's in acts everything will be restored what do you think do you think that God made a mistake that he tried to sing with earth and it didn't work and so he just trashed it and now it's going to take you all off and never never land no that's not how it's going to be he's going to come back you're going to come back it's going to be new heavens and a new earth and we are earth people and we are here to work one with another to get that all accomplished may the Lord help us and there's much more we can say but don't no pass to go so may the Lord let's stand and then we will pray Lord, there are many things we could talk about tonight. We don't have the time. We don't have the way put together like we could do this. But one thing we do want. We want these young people that are here. That they would catch the vision. That somehow or another. This would come together in such a way. That real church communities would actually happen. With hearts Lives, women, men, children, everything would come together. And in that, you will be in the presence of it all. In the spirit and in the flesh, on this earth and in the heavens around us. And we just pray that that will be accomplished in our time. It's not unreasonable, Lord. You can help us. You would be more than ready to help us. We know it so well. And the only thing is for us to wake up and get it done. So may the Lord be praised. Thank you so very much.